Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm really excited today to introduce you to Letty Cotton Pogrebin, who is a very well-known American writer, a journey lectures. She's one of the city's great social activists a founding editor of Ms. Magazine, and in addition to all that, he has written 12 books, and I, this is the 12th book, right, Letty? Yeah, you are. Shonda, Memoir of Shame and Secrecy, and it's really interesting how Letty grew up to be Letty with her also interesting family, but let's start from the very basic beginning. All your books, what made you decide to do this? Well, um, I was writing a memoir because I was looking at turning 80. This started in, uh, nine, in 2017. And uh, it was going to be a, a conventional memoir, you know, pretty much chronological but suddenly, as I reviewed my life and what little material I had, documentation to look at, I nonetheless started to see a pattern, and that was that my family was marinated in shame, that there were secrets in every outpost of my family. And, and I grew up with, with uh, tw- uh, 24 cousins and 14 uh, uh, uncles and aunts and their spouses. So that's a very large extended family. And I started noticing here and there, everybody had a secret or the one that that is the ones I knew about. And then I started to wonder about the ones I didn't know about. And in the midst of that, my granddaughter, Molly, was at college and she took a biography class and her professor signed her to write a story, a biography of someone living And she asked me if she could write about me. And she said, if you say yes, Grandma, you can't censor me. You have to let me look at everything. Mm -hmm. And she went up to my um, archives at Smith Smith College. And she went through all my articles. And she read or skimmed all my books. And then she came to my house and said, where's the childhood stuff? And I pointed to a very deep cabinet in my study in which she sort of burrowed her head and pulled out my teenage diaries. And then she said, what's that? And it was a big old plastic shopping bag full of letters, full of letters. It looked like something that fell off a truck. The letters dated back 80 and 85 years. And from them, I learned what I hope were all the rest of the secrets because my parents wrote to each other in very raw terms. And you know, back in the in the twenties and thirties, there were there were letters. There weren't, I mean, barely phone phone phones had been invited invented. So these letters were very revolutionary, and that's what really gave me my title. Shonda means shame or scandal, and I realized I was writing a memoir of shame and secrecy. 
So uh, there are 52 chapters, and every one of them has something to do with a secret, many of them shame-based. Do After I, all is said and done, Letty, is it possible to live a shame-free life? I'm not looking for a shame-free life because I think there are aspects of shame that are very uplifting in that they force you to reflect and change and become a better person. If you're ashamed of yourself, you're ashamed of something intrinsic to you. It's the difference between shame and guilt, Joan. You know, we never say, uh, we say, I am ashamed, but we say, I feel guilty. And that's an interesting linguistic clue because feeling guilt is some, means you've done something and you can fix it. Feeling shame is seeps into the cells and we have to do much more work on ourselves to rid ourselves of shame and find its roots. Right. And there's so many different, your mom died when she was much too young and too right. young for you. But you also point out in your book and Letty's book, shame, a memoir of shame and secrecy that even losing your beloved mother was shameful in many ways. Yeah, because in, you know, in Ashkenazi Jewish families, and I believe in many other cultures uh, where immigrants carried <clears throat> some of their values and, and shame-based <laughs> sense into this new world, um, illness reflected badly on your family. You whispered the C word, I didn't know my mother was dying. Nobody admitted it, including my mother, that she even had cancer. Cancer was a secret, partly because people were afraid that they couldn't marry off their children if other Jewish families knew that there was illness. And they thought maybe it would be inherited. Who knew? Nobody knew what cancer exactly was. So my mother never, never told me or anybody that she had cancer. And my father gave me literally four weeks notice. He said, you know, we've tried everything, but mom's going to die. And, you know, that secret pretty much marked me for life because I was 15 years old and my father wasn't exactly a great parent. And so that was when I started to run my own life, support myself, you know, felt alone in the universe, had to figure things out. Hmm. It's not easy. And also, yeah. in that time, any illness was a secret, but so was anything that didn't look like the perfect leave it to beaver family. Although right. we knew it was impossible, but... Right. Right? I mean, they, they never... Many, many years later, and my mom, like your mom, died very young. And I said to her, why didn't you, there was some issue, why didn't you ever tell me that? And she said, my job was to spare you. Yeah, right. right? It would have been a Shonda, a Shonda, a disgrace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's why, <clears throat> excuse me, that title speaks to so many People who, who, and Shonda has become like an English word. If Maureen Dowd, the Times columnist, feels comfortable using Shonda, and she's from an Irish family, uh, Catholic right. family, you know that Shonda has entered common usage. But in our case, 
you know, we were trying to make it as real Americans. All my relatives, they were ashamed of where they came from because they came from a shtetl, like in Fiddler on the Roof. They were ashamed of my grandparents who had terrible, you know, big Yiddish accents. Um, They wanted to fit in, so they read, the women read Ladies Home Journal, and, you know, the men's, men joined men's clubs to figure out what the American norm was. Uh, You had to make it. You had to be a financial success. Uh, they, They had incredible burdens, and their sense of perfection was so misguided. The only time I ever heard my mother sort of surprised to discover that American marriages wasn't, weren't perfect was when she read, the, remember the Ladies Home Journal had, Can This Marriage oh, Be Saved? My favorite. <laughs> I love that column. I have no idea why you brought it all back to me. Yeah, because it makes you feel that you're not so bad off. You know, whatever problems women reading the Ladies Home Journal might have had in their marriage, they saw reflected in the pages that were read by 9 million women. I mean, those magazines had humongous circulations back then. So it normalized my mother. Um, But I do write about how miserable their marriage was, how she had to, felt she had to hide it. I write about a, a deep secret in our family that one of the brothers on my mother's side I can hardly even imagine this, um, brought to a radio show um, called where Mr. Anthony was the problem solver. Hmm. <laughs> and you brought your problems to Mr. Anthony and 23 million people listened. And this brother of my mother's brought the problem to Mr. Anthony that was such a Shonda that it <laughs> was like kept in our family and that is that my that that brother and talked my grandfather into leaving his store just to that brother there were three brothers the three brothers were horrified the whole family ousted him the brothers never spoke to him again because he went on the air and he said i'm the only son who's married i'm the only son who's about to have a child my grandpa and my father should be giving me the store. The others are, you know, bachelor boys. Well, you know, maybe they weren't going to be bachelor boys forever. Who knows, right. Right. So it really, it broke up. That that was a family of seven children, four girls and three boys. So one boy became that renegade and there were other two didn't speak. And nobody knew this. I mean, we we knew we suddenly stopped seeing my, our Uncle Lou, but who knew why? <laughs> That's so funny. Do you feel, Letty, that after you finished the book and then started talking about it, that it's had a real impact on you? It's changed you? Yes, it allowed me, writing the book, I had to face my own secret. You know, I, I, was, I wasn't an angel either. I was hiding a very big secret. Uh, which I describe in the book. And um, it was, as Alan Alda, who, who I uh, also quote a lot in the book, was we're very close friends. I mean, he said, her secrets are too heavy. You've got to get rid of them. 
because they weigh you down. And that was certainly true of me. But getting that out, I won't say what it is. I hope people will read it. Um, it's a health secret. Was um, was so difficult. I mean, I, it was as birthing a new person. Uh, because I'm, pri- I'm a private person with a public life. And there are certain things I felt I just had to keep to myself. But I could not do the keep a secret if I'm right, if I'm outing my entire family. It just would have been dishonest. And how did the children react, not only to the book, but to some of the secrets that you revealed in the book about yourself? Yeah. Yes, not just about myself, but aunts and uncles and cousins that they knew. Right. I have a cousin. I have a cousin who um, whose mother died in childbirth, and she was put with me, me, my and my parents. My mother raised her for two two and a half years until her father Remarried. could find a new wife. And at two and a half years, she gets moved back to her family where she had an older sister and brother, but no one tells her. No one tells her that this woman who adored her, raised her, whom she loved, named Vera, wasn't her birth mother, mm-hmm. that she had a birth mother, that her birth mother died because of her, which explained why her sister was so angry at this little baby for coming into the world and killing their mother in the process. Yeah. So much of a, a, you know, a hate dynamic built up in that wing of her, uh, her family privately, quietly, secretly. And then Vera died, and the big sister screamed, why are you screaming and crying? Why are you crying? She wasn't even your mother. And that's how Sima, my, my cousin, found out that um, she had another mother. Mm. These are big secrets. These are really huge secrets. These are life-changing secrets, you know? I know. Huge secrets. And it still, even on a smaller level, was part of those generations. When your children were growing up, were you very open about everything? I, I was as open as I could be about what I knew, but I realized now I knew so. There was so much I didn't know. I didn't know that I discovered at 12 that I, I, my, my parents were married before and my father had abandoned his daughter by his first wife. Yes. So I had another sister somewhere in the world that I discovered at 12. And I discovered that the sister I thought was my full sister was my mother's by her first marriage. Um, someone just said to me, <laughs> She said, I have a lot of secrets in my family, but your family takes the case. <laughs> well, because but you know. I have 52 chapters of them. Oh, my gosh. But And you're so well adjusted. <laughs> well, that... it's, a rea- it's a reaction formation. You know, it's, it's, it's a heavy uh, burden, as I said. But once you get rid of it, you, you really figure out a way to live a, a less complicated life. And uh, I I can't think of any secrets I'm carrying now that are weighing upon me. It's, it's a light feeling 
But when you said, uh, do I want to live a shameless life? I was, I didn't finish saying, I don't want to live a shame, shameless life because I want shame to dictate some of my good behavior. You know, I, I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to be mean. I want, I, if I were that way, I'd be ashamed of myself. So it censors me. But I want to, I want to live a life without secrets because secrets are get into your kishkas, you know, they get into your gut and they make toxic, they feel toxic. And you don't remember who you're supposed to protect or who you told. When I had this secret illness, that again, that I had a lot of trouble exposing, I, I told the very closest of my friends, but I forgot who, which ones. That's interesting. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't really clear. So I never knew what, whether I could confide in somebody or whether they weren't one of the ones I didn't tell. I mean, it gets like sixth grade. Mm. Well, when you think about your mother, who you could do another book just on your mom's seal. But, right. Right. She, she was so ashamed of her life. Yeah. And she had such disappointment that yeah. she had a develop who she was going to be, and that made her feel safe. Well, it's the problem is she lied about so much because she was ashamed. She was ashamed that she only graduated from the eighth grade, so she went to a photo studio and took a picture, and she was all made up to look like she was older. Mm -hmm. And she let that picture represent her at uh as if she was a high school graduate. She yes. got rid of her accent by listening to people like you on the radio. She just listened to the radio and, and mimicked it. Um, mm. When she got divorced, divorce was a Shonda. And right. she got divorced in 1927. And she had a, a, a unheard of in the Jewish world, really. A, a, a scar, a scandal. So she hid it. She she sent my sister to boarding school, unheard of in the Jewish world. Right. And then she presented herself in the world as a single woman with no child. She had mm. to carry that lie because of her shame of being so transgressive. Mm. Uh, then she did this wild thing you'll remember in the book where when she was dating, she had her dates pick her up at her fancy uncle's. uncle's. Yeah. apartment up in the upper Bronx, which better you know, neighborhood, better neighborhood. At least it wasn't the tenement where, where nine people lived in three rooms with a bathroom in the hall. Mm. So she would have to work her 12 hour day in, in a sewing machine factory, get on the subway, go up to, to the Bronx, have the guy pick her up, go out, get dropped off at, in the Bronx apartment and then take the subway back home. And she did all that just to avoid his seeing her parents' apartment, her parents' tenement. Mm. Or any I mean, of... I... Yeah, go ahead, Sorry. Lenny. No, when I think of that, it, it chokes me up. It's just so hard to think of her doing that. Right. And the effort that it took and right. everything to cover it up is almost unheard of. Are any of the relatives from that time still with us? None are with us from my parents' generation, which is why I was freed up to write. But I did 
send the manuscripts or get approvals from their children who are living to make sure that there was not, nothing that would hurt them. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they, they were really helpful and, and kind and understanding and said, you know, they're dealing with the same stuff and it's great to get it out there. Were your own children surprised by the book? I think my own children were really, really interested in me (laughs) from a whole new perspective. I don't think they saw my origins as clearly. That's one of my regrets, Joan, is that my mother died so young I didn't ask, ask enough questions. I didn't expect to lose a mother when I was 15, so I didn't store up very specific memories. And I think I've complained about that and wept about that for so long that my children now really want information. They want to store up memories and they want to be able to tell their children the family sagas on both sides. Well, you know, I had this discussion recently because, again, my mother, I never really knew if there was How anything, old were you? I forgot. I was um, n- not as young as you. You were a teenager. I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just so shocking to, you know, I guess it always is when something like that happens. But I said to my kids, because your grandmother never revealed anything major. You know, it's just everything is fine. Everything is fine. And it all revolved around the kitchen and all the relatives, just like your family in many ways. And um, I said, I'm going to tell you everything. And at one point, Johnny, my son, said, too much information. We don't need it. And so it depends on how you come to it. Uh, your kids turned out fine. <laughs> They're fine, but too much information, so <laughs> they they didn't want to hear that. Oh. I guess. Uh, I guess. I guess if you get that reaction, then leave it in 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 journal form. Exactly. <laughs> For no, when they're but, old enough to want it, and they they will get there. Right. Well, mm. it's it's a remarkable book. It made me sad in a way that your mom hadn't seen Letty Pogerman the way we know her today. And I I felt that moment of longing. I think of that also with my own parents, you know, if only they knew or they were here to see. But yeah, especially since they were so intent upon gaining a foothold in this country. And if they knew that, you know, their their children have accomplished things and married well and have had wonderful children and, you know, have have managed to make lives that they that they would have been proud of. We feel sad for them to stuff. They had so right. much bad stuff. Right. But we go on and our children, thank goodness, are good and them a great gift. So thank you, John. Thank you. And I really enjoyed it. You can all get it. 
Wherever books are sold, Lady Cotton Pogrebin, a memoir of shame and secrecy. Shonda. Shonda. S-H-A-N-D-A. Shonda, which means shame. Right, in Yiddish. Thank you so much, Joan. You're always uh, such a deep reader and an understanding reader. Thank you. Well, thank you, Letty. Take care. Regards to the family, and we'll talk again. Same to you, Joan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.